You're listening to Cloud9, where Bahaiteachings.org interviews artists from around the globe to learn about what inspires, uplifts, and motivates them to make a positive contribution to the world. My name is Shadi Talui Wallace. Electronic music duo Vallis Alps never anticipated their rapid rise to popularity. Within six months of their EP release, the group's founding members, Parisa Tosif and David Ansari, were taking the music on the road for the first time, headlining shows and playing some of the biggest music festivals in the country. In January 2016, just 12 months after its release, their first single, Young, was featured in Australia's top 30 songs released in 2015. This quickly spiraled into international tour dates, playing for audiences all over North America, Europe, Asia, Australia, and the Pacific. Today, Vallis Alps continues to grow and draw attention from international audiences with their captivating melodies and uplifting lyrics. In this episode of Cloud9, we chat with Vallis Alps co-founder, Parisa, from her home in Sydney, Australia. We'll learn more about the group's humble beginnings and how a long-distance musical collaboration for just family and friends turned into almost half a billion online streams. We'll explore how Baha'i-inspired themes of consultation, beauty, coherence, and joy also tie into their work and service to the community. We'll also get a chance to listen to a few of their songs and talk about the origin and inspiration behind their lyrics and melodies. Carissa, thank you so much for joining us on Cloud9. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat to you about this. So now, Parisa, you went from recording a small demo EP for just family and friends to touring stages all over the world within what felt like just a few short months. Yeah. Tell us a bit about that journey with Vallis Alps and how the project evolved and what this process was like for you. Yeah, so it's actually crazy when I reflect on it and think about the things that have happened, but about five years ago, so in 2013, David, um, my musical partner, I guess, he and I decided to record four songs, like you said, for our friends and family. And we'd met two years before that, volunteering our time at the Baha'i World Center in Israel. So the Baha'i World Center is where the spiritual administrative headquarters of the Baha'i faith are, and young people from all around the world give some of their time to help it um, run and do all sorts of service um, for that beautiful place. And we met there and there was 82 different nationalities represented while we were there. And it was a really amazing opportunity. And we heard each other play music. And from there, we kind of just became friends and would send each other music when we both went back to our home country. So I came to Australia and David went to America where he was living. And a couple of years after that, um, we'd, be, we'd been sending each other a lot of different songs and working on things from afar just, just for fun. And we decided to make a few songs. So I went to America and we recorded in this beautiful studio in the woods where David was interning at the time. and we released the songs just again for the joy of the craft, but also to kind of, um, I guess, give a little gift to our friends and family who had all supported us with our different musical journeys up to that time. And it kind of took off um, through online blogs and through the um, support of different radio stations, especially one in Australia called Triple J, 
so yeah, that's kind of how it started. And then David moved to Australia and we started touring and we took our first ever break, um, in 2017, November. But before that, we were pretty much touring the world nonstop. <laughs> so it's been a crazy journey. Yeah, it sounds, I mean, such a huge transition for you. You're also newly married and midway through your law degree. So what sorts of support systems did you and David rely on in this huge transition? And how did you also support each other through this process? Yeah, I think what you just said about supporting each other, that's probably the biggest um, support system we've discovered is our friendship. And also as we went along, we met a third member, we call her the third member of our band, our our manager Melody. And the three of us come from very similar belief systems in that we're all Baha'is. So we kind of connected on that, but also we were just really great friends and we would support each other through David's move, for example, to the, um, from the U S to Australia, which was really big on his part, you know, leaving behind family and friends and coming to a whole new country um, to start this project, which all of us had no idea what it would look like. <laughs> we just knew that we'd be touring. So I think our friendship has really been a crucial part of it, but also our families um, have been there with us from the beginning, supporting us and making us feel really excited about what we're doing. I think we're really privileged in that in our families, music is seen as a really special thing and a craft and a trait that's so highly regarded, which is I don't, I don't think that's necessarily how um, music is seen in a lot of families. So I was really grateful for my family, especially, you know, they've come to almost every show we've done in Australia. And I think David's family, when we go to Seattle, they're always there and they're always supporting him. But also our friends, um, again, being there for us and supporting us. I think one big thing has also been our mindset about this project. You know, we love um music but we also recognize how privileged we are that we can do this as our career and i think we also have a understanding of how this fits into the rest of our lives that it's one component of a life filled with other things so i think that that also helps take the weight off a little bit and i think that was a big support you know feeling like we we could do other things in our lives and and we would support each other in that. And there wasn't as much pressure on just the music. That makes sense. Yeah, I love that you are you have such a coherent outlook on this process, the creative process, and also just your lives as musicians and as a band. Yeah. So let's dive more into the collaborative process that you guys have as a duo. You're mostly working remotely these days. So what does that dynamic look like and what aspects of the Baha'i teachings have you found helpful implementing into your creative and collaborative process? Yeah. So as you said, we're remote now, which is quite funny because we started that way. So David actually moved back to the US after the first um, few years of our SARP. So we're collaborating from New York to Sydney and Sydney to New York. Um, it was really funny when we started, someone said, actually, you're going to be so much more productive because he'll be working while you're sleeping. And when you're awake, you can also work. So in a way we've got double time, which is quite, quite good. Um, but that's true. You're, you're both working around the clock. Yeah. yeah. That's the ideal. Um, but yeah, I guess, you know, being in a band, is more than just the music. There's so it's it's pretty much like running a startup. There's so many um, aspects of this, including you know meetings about finances and meetings about planning things, and there's the music itself. So it really feels like we're collaborating in so many different ways. And I think you know you said um, 
what Baha'i principles have kind of supported us. I think one of the biggest ones is this idea of consultation. So in the Baha'i faith, there's like a really strong framework around how to discuss and consult about decisions and ideas. And I think that tool has really assisted us. I was reading this quote the other day that relates directly to this, and it said that the very root of the cause, which is the Baha'i faith in this context, lies in the principle of the undoubted right of the individual to self-expression, his freedom to declare his conscience and set forth his views. And I think in our band, we have a really open, frank, loving rhythm of discussing things that we've kind of had to develop over the last few years. And I think that ability to be really direct with each other and express our opinions about creativity and other aspects of running a business has come because we have that protection of the idea of consultation. And consultation is described as when you share your opinions lovingly and freely, but you detach from them once you've shared them and you trust that through the process of everyone sharing their their opinions in the mix, there'll be an overall unity that will come through and that decision will be more powerful than individual opinions um, on their own. So I think we kind of trust that and it's made us really open to consultation. And it's something we've had to build as well because, I mean, I'm sure you've experienced this as well, but when you're trying to discuss something that's creative, like sometimes we'll be consulting on an instrument in a song it's really hard to let go of your opinion because it's so subjective and so personal. There's another quote that I guess relates to this and it's the shining spark of truth cometh forth only after a clash of differing opinions. So trusting that we will get to the best answer when we consult is really at the heart of our creative process. And yeah, it's hard, but it's, I think, really a safety net in a way for us to be able to collaborate truly and with joy. Yeah, there's another quote actually by Baha'u'llah where he says, such matters should be determined through consultation and whatever emergeth from consultation of those chosen, that is the command of God. So it's really just this element of detachment and what you both come to an agreement of, like that, that is kind of the will of, that is the will of the creator in a sense. Yeah, it's trusting that there's something higher that will kind of like assist you when you're making these decisions. Yeah. And it's funny because it's so different to how I've made decisions in other spaces. I think like who, like I've never been asked to detach from my opinion (laughs) when making a decision. It's always that I have to hold onto it and push it and try and make myself known to the group. (laughs) It's very counter to like you studying law where you're like (laughs) studying something and You have to push like a viewpoint of a client. It's like the complete opposite. So different. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because obviously we come from that context. Like we all live in a world where that's normal. And so we've kind of had to train ourselves to think about this concept a lot. And we're not perfect. And it goes back and forth sometimes between consultation and, you know, not consultation. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's been easy yeah. to kind of like learn more about it. And I think you also touched on this element of trust, which is really important as an artist, because you definitely open yourself up to vulnerabilities when you when you share your opinion. But mm. you also have to trust that it will be received in a really dignified and respected way. Yeah. Um, and then you also treat others' opinions that way as well. And that comes from like a very deep sense of friendship and trust. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like without that trust, the whole tool, I'll just call it a tool of consultation, kind of is it's not really useful. I mean, you have to be working within the same framework for it to, 
actually be effective. Yeah, absolutely. So in the spirit of collaboration, I also saw that on your website, you've made raw files of your music available for download free of charge. Yes. Now, it's interesting because we live in a world where artists are so protective of their copyright and intellectual property, but you guys have taken a completely 180 approach to that um, and exposed people to to the raw files and and to this like you know protected kind of material um, mm. that is your your band's identity. So what was the inspiration behind this? You know, it's funny. We always think about this because the source of it was that when we were making our project, so many people shared YouTube videos with us, shared content with us, and it was through listening to other music that we actually built our music. And then we found this whole world of remixing and being able to actually take other people's songs and create something new from it. And we just thought it's such an amazing time frame to be making music in that you can collaborate or build on each other's ideas in such a tangible way. And we wanted to kind mm. of see what would happen if we put the raw stems out. So stems are basically the individual instruments. So it'd be like one drum track, one guitar file, one vocal track, and just see what happened. And it's actually been amazing. For some, it's been just a practicing tool for them to build a remix, which is when you take these stems and you remake it into your own version of a song. And for other people, it's been mm -hmm. releasing a new version of our song on SoundCloud, which is a platform um, that is known for these kinds of songs. And yeah, it's mm -hmm. been amazing. And I think the source of it was just trying to create a more collaborative environment and learning from each other. And we've been so lucky to have that. So yeah, in a way, just seeing seeing how that goes. You're like paying it forward. <laughs> in a way. Yeah, maybe. Now we've talked a bit about your consultative and creative process. Let's move on and talk a little bit more about your music. So far, you've released two EPs and one single of beautiful, uplifting songs. And beauty is as a whole, highly regarded in the Baha'i faith, particularly when it comes to music. And in fact, Abdu'l-Baha, the eldest son of Baha'u'llah, has said that when eloquence of expression, beauty of sense, and sweetness of composition unite with new melodies, the effect is ever great, and that the beautiful music musicians create can affect the minds and impress the hearts of those who listen. So in light of Abdu'l-Baha's words, Reflecting back on your own music, how do you and David strive to create beautiful music? And what aspects of life, faith, and experiences do you draw on for your inspiration? It's mm, a really good question. I think for us, we have a really open dialogue about what we're trying to do when we're making music. So one of the purposes we go towards is just engaging in this craft of actually being able to make music. And that in itself is such a privilege and such a beautiful thing to explore is that we've been given like so many sounds to play around with. And um, that in itself is one aspect of our purpose. The other is trying to reflect on the nobility of humankind and make music that reflects the potential of people's qualities and experiences so for example we have a song called young um where we reflect on dreams and how incredible it is to have ambitions and dreams of what you want to achieve as a young person but also when you sleep at night the things that you actually see when you dream or that we've seen in our dreams and i guess in a way that's celebrating the nobility of human beings to be able to have these experiences 
um, just an ex- as an example. And then I guess in terms of beauty as well, a lot of our music is trying to reflect the experience of human reality. And sometimes that can be sad. It can be about a conversation. One of our songs um, through is about a really difficult conversation that a lot of us have had in a relationship, for example, and how that's a part of being a human being and reflecting on that beauty. And I think a lot of the music that we listen to has been that way too, you know, music that reflects on where society is at and um, where human beings can potentially be and, and those kinds of things. I guess that's how we try and integrate beauty and music itself is so full of blessings and beauty that it's, yeah, it's really part of the process as well. Absolutely. And I'm sure it's something that you're always refining and, and consultation is such a big part of that because beauty is also changing for you guys individually. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I know a lot of people out there love to listen to your music and maybe also curious about the context or meaning behind some of your songs. So let's take some time now to reflect on a couple of them. Is that cool with you? Yes, definitely. Awesome. Let's do it. So I thought we'd start with the song Run, which is featured on your second EP, Fable. This feels like a really personal song about internal struggle and detachment. So could you share what experiences you were going through and what was going on when you wrote the song? Yeah, so Run is part of a EP that was kind of about writing notes to our future selves about things that we want to remember in life. You know, as we get older, there are lessons of our youth that we tend to forget and one of them that we wanted to always remember was that um, you know trying to develop good qualities is really hard and sometimes there's situations in life where you're trying to fight for justice or trying to be kind or trying to be loving to your family and friends and it's really difficult because of you know what the context surrounding those experiences and so we wanted to write a song about that battle between like our ego, but also um, the potential of human beings to rise above and show those qualities regardless of what's going on. And I think it was inspired by so many different experiences, not necessarily one, but just a feeling of being human and trying to be a better person every day. Um, That's one meaning. And then there's also obviously, like each song has so many, but there's also kind of an undertone of maybe this is also about a relationship in the past or about um and not necessarily ours but other people relate to it in that way as well they've said you know this reminds me of my relationship with my husband or whatever um so i think it's kind of plays many different roles but for us it came from that battle between yeah trying to be a better person and fighting finding it hard sometimes and yeah and melodically is there anything that really stood out to you when you're composing the song Yeah, this song in terms of collaboration, this was one of our favorites because we kind of got into the studio and there was, I think, a piano line or something really basic and it fell together really quickly. And so we always laughed that like we want to write another song like Run because it was so quick, whereas some of our songs take so long. Yeah, melodically, it's it's just one of our more simple songs as well. And I really like singing it on stage and David loves playing instrument so yeah we really love this song <laughs> awesome so let's just take a minute to listen to your song run from the ep fable yeah let's do it. 
So we just heard Run from the Vallis Alps EP, Fable. I'd love to talk about another song from that same EP called Fading. I love this one because it makes me feel so happy and motivated. <laughs> and when I talk to other friends, they feel the same way. Aww. One of the lines even says, glory doesn't come to those who wait. Could you share a bit more about it and what inspired you to write the song Fading? I feel like this is the most fun song to sing on stage by far <laughs> because it's about joy and about true, you know, like blissful moments in life where you look around and you think like, how, like, how am I here? This is so amazing. Um, so we kind of wrote it about that mm. pure feeling and it also translated to the instruments. The drop is so much fun and we dance around like crazy when we're playing it. And yeah, I think that line, it's funny, I've never actually thought about that line. That's one of the lines that just happened. And then later, <laughs> it's like, where did that line come that really stood out to me when I was going through the lyrics. I was like, oh my, I've never, I've never read through this before. And it was so uplifting. But it also just teaches us that like you have to work really hard. It doesn't just come to those who just sit around. Yeah. And so it's just very That's motivating. Really cool to hear. I've never thought about it deeply enough. <laughs> I guess you're right. <laughs> and melodically, was it mostly about the drop? Were there other aspects of the song that kind of stood out to you? I think we wanted a chorus that was really easy to sing. Um, and the verses as well. So they're again, quite simple melodies in a way because when we play them, people do sing along and they're really easy to remember, I think. And that was intentional. We wanted a song that yeah, could be sung easily and danced around too easily. And instrumentally, I think there's really simple verses to allow that space for the, for the um, melody. And yeah, it's quite a pop poppy kind of song as well, which was also intentional because we love pop music. Yeah, reflecting on like this sense of upliftment and joy, I'm thinking about Abdu'l-Bahá's quote where he says, joy gives us wings. In times of joy, our strength is more vital, our intellect keener and our understanding less clouded. Mm, that's so nice to hear. That's the intention. So I'm glad it's come through. <laughs> awesome. So let's listen to a portion of Fading. for all the triumph that we made so paint your solace and hold what's on us glory doesn't come but those who wait and i didn't think i would stay for this and you didn't think i would go but now we're alone in the atmosphere a place i'll never know and nothing goes unspoken when the colors unfold Oh, oh, oh. 
creepy fable. I'd like to close this listening portion of our interview with one of my favorite songs called Oceans. And this was about a very well-known female poet from the 19th century named Tahare. Could you share a bit more about her as a person and why you were inspired to write a song about her? Yeah, definitely. You know, we live in a world where so many people face oppression and are suppressed on a daily basis. Um, women included, as we know, we're living in a time where that's really coming to light in our societies. And mm. we wanted to write a song that celebrated those people who are still standing up for their rights and still celebrating their nobility again and their potential despite their oppression and the things that they're going through. And, um, you know, especially in Australia, for example, we have a really dire refugee crisis and um, we can see in everyday life that people's, people are being treated with racism or um, prejudice and they're still here and they're still contributing to this multicultural society. And we wanted that to be like all these elements to be part of a song. And we thought that Tahira, who's the poet that you're talking about, exemplified these qualities of justice and courage more than anyone. So she was a Babi, which was the faith that came before the Baha'i faith to like, prepare for its coming. And her um, mission was really to fight for the emancipation of women. So she fought her whole life for the emancipation of women and the unity of mankind. And when she was 38, she was executed for her beliefs and the activities she was doing for those um, purposes, like towards those ends. And the last words that she actually spoke were, you can kill me as soon as you like, but you will never stop the emancipation of women. And we were so touched by that because it's as if her story is alive in so many people today as well, that are fighting for unity, that are fighting for justice of women's rights and so many different people who are going through hardship today. And we thought what better to try and reflect on her as we were writing the song. And that's how Oceans came about. And I think that that line, we're standing in oceans, is kind of that aspect of solidarity and unity and the waves of humanity kind of crashing and progressing forward despite the challenges that we all face in our daily lives. So it's a celebration of endurance and justice. Yeah. I also feel that sense of crisis and victory, like with every sacrifice that's made, something great comes of that. And we just have to persevere and um, strive for that for that moment of greatness, even if we don't see it in our own lifetime. Yeah, exactly. And, and there's so many people in history that have done that for us, for our generation, and so many people currently doing that. And it's quite amazing. Absolutely. Mm. So let's have a listen to Oceans. It's true with all I forget If this was ours again I'd set it aflame So catch me
Parisa, thank you so much for partaking in this new exercise when we reflect on uh, some of the music no, of our artists. Cool. My pleasure. Unfortunately, we've come to the end of this episode of Cloud Nine. But before we go, could you share a little bit about what are the next steps for Vallis Alps and when we can expect to see you back on tour again? Yes. So we're actually really in the thick of writing our album. So I'm actually going to New York again soon and David's going to come to Sydney. And that's part of, you know, our collaborative process is that we visit each other and we have intense periods of writing the album and then we separate and work on it separately as well. Um, so we're in the midst of that and it's really fun. It's really, we're really enjoying it and reflecting on a lot of different things as we're writing. So hopefully that will be out in the world sometime soon. Not sure when. And then once that's released, the touring will begin again. So hopefully we'll get to see each other and I get to meet people who have listened to this podcast today. And yeah, that's to come as well. Amazing. And what do you do to prepare yourself for those intensive periods of creativity? (laughs) I drink so much water and tea. (laughs) You're like, I'm not going to be sick. (laughs) (laughs) Which I think you told me about, Chadi, is to eat a lot of ginger. And I also reflect on my purpose behind why I'm doing what I'm doing and just have a lot of fun as well. I think being joyful and enjoying our friendship and the community around this project is so such a privilege and yeah, fun and joy really helps things progress. So yeah, absolutely. And I'm, you have (laughs) what I think are very loyal fans out there who, you know, the support goes beyond what your immediate family and your friends are able to offer you, but you're so fortunate Mm. in how loving the, and receptive people have been all over the world to your, to your music. Yeah. We really are so lucky and grateful. It's wonderful. Every day. Mm. And I'm grateful to you for offering your time today and sharing a glimpse of your creative process and inspiration. Thank you so much for having me and for giving us the honor to talk about these things. So it's really cool. Yeah, I really value what you guys are doing and wish you all the best in your upcoming album. Thanks again for your time today. Thanks so much for listening to Cloud9. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Feel free to check out Bahaiteachings.org where you can find more Baha'i-inspired podcasts, videos, and articles.